Hey there, this is Tammy File, and I'm so glad that you could join us today. We want you to know that whatever you're facing, we are here praying for you. And we pray that you're able to experience the presence of the Lord in your circumstances and that you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you matter to God. So number three, I want you to see is I will need to fend off darts from the evil one. Number three on your outline, I will need to fend off darts from the evil one. Fend off darts from the evil one. He's going to give you some very specific ones. We're going to lay these out. Hold that off for just a second. Renee, I appreciate that. Let me go through the list. Do you see your um, bullet points next to your arrow? I want that icon to begin to help you know that those are darts from the enemy. That's why that is chosen in your homework. The first thing he's going to tell you is on top of that dart, it says this, you know, you are not enough, enough. You're not enough. Your next point under that, not strong enough. Second one, not capable enough. Third one, not holy enough. And Renee, you can grab it now. Not loved enough. You know, Tammy, you are not enough. You're not strong enough. You're not capable enough. You're not holy enough. You're not loved enough. Some things he throws into mind that he may not throw into your mixes. You're not educated enough. I'm not educated enough to stand before you. Well, I do that only because the Lord has assigned me and I've been being homeschooled by God for quite a while now. But education-wise, I cannot give you a doctorate or a master's degree or anything like that. But there are other things that he gives. But these ones, strong, capable, holy, loved. By holy, I mean pure-hearted, been um, fixed up. Can we say just um, holy meaning you know all the unholy places that are left in you? The enemy is going to show you every one of those things. These are darts. Now, here's what. It doesn't come across that way in the beginning. I've been under fiery darts all day today, started yesterday. And the truth is, they aren't coming straight through like not strong enough. But the message underneath, the feelings that are coming, the discouragement that's coming, are very much these kinds of messages. There's a couple of other ones I'm going to share with you too. One of the things God taught me two years ago that was significant was the enemy had been saying, you're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough for so long. And I knew him to be right. You're not enough to be leading. You're not enough to be speaking. You're not enough, Tammy, to even be in front of people in a leadership way. And, and what God woke me up to, to say is, you know what, enemy? You're right. I'm not enough. You know, the enemy always plays on a little bit of truth, right? Now, I know some of you are protesting in your heart right away, so I'll move right in on this and say, you're right, I'm not enough. But my God has given me this assignment. My God is with me. He is in me. And he moves through me. 
and he is enough. I don't have to be enough. The truth is, I'm not ever going to be enough. I'm never going to be enough of any of these things to stand before you. I've had a very weak day. So today, when he says, you're not strong enough, I could say, yeah, that's right. But tonight, I'm not standing you in, in front of you in my strength. I'm standing in front of you with the Lord's strength in me and through me and with me. He is enough. Some of what we have to do is agree with the enemy on the part that is true. Isn't that kind of funny? But we rely on the truth. The shield of faith we're going to hold up is what is true about that. The, the positive part of it. Anytime you are told you are not enough, you should say back to the enemy. When you finally get it, how do you know if you're being told that? You feel diminished. You feel deflated. You feel discouraged. Anything that that seeps away your courage, all of those things, you are being given somehow one of the messages that you are not enough or that God doesn't love you enough. Or and, and if God doesn't love you enough, by the way, that would be your fault too because he loves other people better than he loves you. Do you know what I'm talking about? The enemy gives this stuff to you. What you have to say is, you're right, I'm not enough. But my God is with me. He is enough. And I'm going to do what he's called me to do. That's one of the ways you handle that. In chapter uh, chapter 4, in verse 10, sadly, there is this said. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. And there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. So much rubble. Boy, did I believe that one for years. You're too much of a mess, Tammy. God doesn't do that. You're not worth him doing that. There's been too much devastation in your life. The truth is there is no mess that is greater than God. And he cares deeply about why that mess is there. Some of the mess in my life was my own choosing. Foolish, willful rebellion. I tell you about those things uh, without naming them, but I tell you about that time in my life um, in homework at some point. But most of my devastation was not of my doing. He cares about both kinds. In Luke chapter 4, when Jesus says he has come, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, he talks about release for the captives and to, tell, to set the prisoners free. He names both of those. What you have to know is captives were taken against their will. They didn't deserve their imprisonment. But prisoners probably did deserve theirs. He came for both. So it doesn't matter why your rubble is there or how much you have. He came for those places. Do not believe the lies of the enemy when he says there's too much rubble. Number four on your outline. I do not have to believe the messages of the darts. I do not have to believe the messages of the darts. They're going to be convincing. It will be convincing if you have been a mess for him to say, I've been damaged too much to ever be restored. You know, the way he whispers it, you think it's you. You just feel like you're too damaged. You don't hear him saying you are too damaged because then you might catch on to it's not first person, but you hear it. I'm too damaged. I'm just a mess. And you hang your head and you're ashamed or whatever it is. 
can I, can I give you a couple of more specific darts that the enemy is going to come after and a way that you can turn these back on yourself? One of the things the enemy likes to say is, it will always be this way. Do y'all know that one? Yes, you do. I can see it. It will always be this way. It's overwhelming, isn't it? That leads to a feeling of defeat right away. It will always be this way. That piggybacks off another one of his favorites. It will never be different. It will always be this way. It will never be different. Those have subtle but a little bit different reflections. But it will come to you. It will always be this way. It will never be different. You're foolish is what is under this, to even hope or think it could be different. Look at those circumstances. He's always going to have you looking at your circumstances and the evidence will be in front of you. It will look like that is true. One of the messages he will give you based on the circumstances, if you've been praying for something and God has not accomplished it yet, he will subtly begin to say to you, God is opposed to you. Now, he doesn't use that strong of language because you would rebel against it, wise woman. Instead, you just begin to wonder, is God for me in this or not? And we have a right to ask God, what is your will in this matter? Maybe he will tell us and maybe he will not. But we can ask him, to help us know how to pray. Did you know you can ask God, how shall I pray for this? This is what I think. This is what I see. This is what I want. Tell me how to pray for it and see if he doesn't help with that. What I want to encourage you is one of the things that I had to write today. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to speak about this just a little bit more in a couple minutes. These are cards. I have lots of cards at home. I mentioned to you in your homework making cards, you would think I'm the card lady. I actually have a box of these. And when I have learned the lesson well enough, they go into the box and I review the box every now and then. But when they're fresh, when God is speaking something to me, when he is teaching me a new way to think, or he is protecting a a weak, incomplete area in me. In other words, if I have insecurities in this area and he wants to speak to those, he he gives some statement to me. It could be a verse, um, some truth that when it hits me, it settles deeply. I write it on a card and I review that so that I can keep it. I don't know about you, but if it's not written down, it's gone in my head. Gone. That's true of almost everything. But today what I did is I wrote down some of the darts that were being shot my way. On the front is a picture of an arrow, very crudely drawn. But on the back is a picture of a shield, very crudely drawn. With it is the opposite. It's the opposite of what the dart says. It's whatever I can feel God saying back to me or what I already know to be true. One of the things, um, one of the things that I've been praying for for a very, very long time, I've been very disappointed and discouraged lately about this. 
And so I live out what I'm teaching you. But what I wrote on the back of the card, because God gave me a glimpse of sunlight, was this. Yes, your circumstances say that my answer is no. But the truth is, it's just not yet. He has not made me an absolute promise of what the end looks like, but I do get a strong sense for him from him. And it says this, it is not yet clear what God has and is doing in this. The truth is when you don't know whether it's going to happen or not, you can hold hope to it's not yet clear what he will do. It's not a done deal necessarily, unless God convinces you that this is never going to be, in which case he gives you a peace to accompany that. I do know that. He will not leave that yawning and aching forever. It's not yet clear. If we believe God has affirmed our request, if we believe that he has said to us that it's his desire for us too, in other words, there's a sense of hope there that he is saying, trust me. When you pray for that thing, if there's any sense in you that says, trust me, then he is at work there. Can we continue to live expectantly every day? It does not come. Can we say not yet instead of not at all? Isn't it easy for the enemy to convince us God has said no, when in fact God may have said not yet? Number four was, I do not have to believe the messages of the darts. We will need God's help to know what those messages are, which brings us to number five. With the help of my God, I need to name my darts. Name my darts. Verse 14, Nehemiah said, After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Name your darts. This is huge. I remember exactly when God gave this to me two years ago and teaching through the passage. And he was very clear, name the darts. Because the truth is the enemy uses certain darts really regularly on you. And when you catch hold of them, here's what, here's the way you catch this. How do you put, how do you catch these guys like in a net? Here's what you do is that journaling process at the beginning of your day's work is very intentional. We don't usually call it journaling because some of you will run away. But the truth is to have to be an audience to your own thought processes. We don't necessarily like that, but you cannot grow without learning what is going on inside your heart and mind so that you can cooperate. So as you're listening to what you're feeling and what you're thinking, this begins to help you net out what God is doing. When I say to name the negative feelings and um, messages you're receiving, those are beginning to name your darts. What you want to look at is when you say, well, I've been feeling fat today. I've been feeling like um, this situation with this family member is never going to change. I've pretty much given up hope. I don't see how in any way this can change. 
When you're looking at those things, you can begin, if you'll write that much down, you can then get to the darts that are under that, which is, this is hopeless, it'll never change. He's just applied it to one particular situation. The truth is he's applied it to many situations in your life. If you're feeling fat, that thing underneath there is probably this will never change. This is hopeless. Or whatever it is, whatever field, I'm feeling old today, or I'm feeling... Um, that friend does not really love me, or I've, I think I hurt so-and-so's feelings, and that means she's never going to want to be my friend again. Whatever the, whatever the things that are coming through, and those seem simple, but they don't feel simple when they're with us, there is a dart under that. And if you can begin to identify what those are, the enemy loses great power in your life. If you can identify them, make a note of it. These cards, these arrows are coming with me because for a while, this is tender in me. This feels fresh. He has freshly disappointed me. Freshly, I have been um, afraid, led by fear. Well, that's an area he wants to work in. And so those will stay before me. So make cards with your darts on them. Don't worry if somebody else is going to think they're silly. If they say something to you, you just say, now you're one of my darts. Get back. Make a card and don't let anybody make fun of you. Chapter 4, verses 19 and 20, Nehemiah said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. I want to encourage you tonight to keep praying and to expect your God to answer, which is point number six. I'm going to say it this way. With the help of my God, I can and will prevail. With the help of my God, I can and will prevail. Joshua, I mean, Nehemiah tells them we're spread out. We can't know what's going on in these different places. This was a huge city. What he says is when you hear the sound of the trumpet, we rally to that point and we fight whoever has come against them. Today, I sounded the trumpet call by putting a note on Facebook. Many times I keep that stuff to myself because it feels selfish sometimes to share those things. And not everyone has plenty of burdens on their own. But I was under an especially difficult barrage. I really get to that place, you know, where you don't want to go out of the house. You don't, you know, that you just get so overwhelmed with things. And I just put a little note on Facebook. The prayer warriors, those who cared about that and who wanted to voice, I'm sure many people cared about it and didn't put a voice on there, but put a voice. They rallied around the trumpet call and they prayed and as the day passed more and more of that fog and that barrage lifted it's not all gone I'm actually let me say it this way I'm not actually fielding off arrows in this moment but I am tender and sore from where I have been hit today and that will be that way for a little while But the truth is we need to pray for one another. We need to have someone that we can call on for prayer. I want to ask you in your groups from tonight moving forward that you guys work out a plan to have prayer partners inside of your groups. 
I want you to pick someone else in your group and you can, you can do it a couple of different ways. You can exchange emails. You can expect exchange phone numbers and, and you promise what you're going to do is you will let them know if you have a prayer concern. You won't you know, necessarily take up a ton of time or anything like that, but you're going to share with them, I need prayer today. And on the day that they're, you're weak, they can be strong in prayer for you. And on the day they're weak, you can be strong in prayer for them. You can do this and develop good relationships. You can change it up. You can do it however you want to. And I encourage you to have people outside of your group that are also prayer partners that you can call and say, I need prayers today. I want to encourage you to do that. I want to ask you to keep praying and expect God to answer. One of the saddest scriptures I saw as I read through chapter 4 was back at the end of verse 10, and it said, I mean, verse 2, and it said, Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? What I want you to know tonight is that your God does bring stones back from the dead. He does resurrect and create walls that are new and beautiful and do their job. He restores hearts. He restores thought processes so that they think the right ways instead of the wrong ways. Do you know that he can change the way you feel? Do you know he can create new tracks in your heart? Think of railroad tracks, that your feelings travel a different path then they've always traveled up to down. You know the trigger? There's a trigger. There's a, we have a lot of different triggers, but when this happens, when X happens, your thought processes travel down a, a track a hundred miles an hour and you're at the destination before you even knew it. Do you know that he will lay down new tracks and your thoughts will not travel along that same path? And what will happen? One of the most wonderful, joyful things I have is when someone says to me, I didn't react the way I've reacted for all these years. It it surprises us. You, You come through some places and you go, wow, it's different. And it doesn't matter whether anyone else can see evidence of it. You're convinced because you know who you've been. You know how you've always gone. And suddenly you went a different way. And guess what? It went through holy land. It didn't go through all the negative stuff. And you actually found God all around that track because he will lay down new tracks that your thought processes and your emotions can travel on. That is what our God can do. Tonight, we'll end with a video that is especially on this issue of hearing things. As I close tonight, I want to urge you, take seriously, take to heart and put into practice naming your darts. The enemy will lose tremendous ground with you if you will do that. Thank you for listening in. I pray that God has stirred something within you today. You can find more information about this study at TammyFile.com.